Well, we want to welcome everyone to Murrayville Baptist Church. Let's all stand. If you're glad to be in the house of God this morning, say amen. 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 Good to see all of you this morning. We want to ask Brother Charles to come and pray, open us in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you that we can be in your house today, Lord. We thank you for your love, your mercy, and your kindness. We ask you to be with the preaching and the singing today. And we ask that if there's anybody here that doesn't know you as Lord and Savior, that today would be the day. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Remain standing, page 130. Four years ago, when I didn't sing.
ones now. Got any offers? Go ahead and bring it on up. Do that course again at the end. got something Kennedy's got something she needs to say you gonna tell him you know you don't want to tell him huh that's a bunch of people in here that's a lot of people Is it? can you read it is this your shirt? There you go. You gonna be a big sister? I've been wanting them to tell for a month now. Amen. When you do? September. In September. <laughs> They're gonna name it Timothy John, whether it's boy or girl. Amen. That's good news. Y'all be praying for it. You can be seated. There, there are several mistakes in the bulletin uh, this morning, and they're from all avenues. I mean, Terry Ransom made a mistake. This is his first one this year. And uh, no. <laughs> Sister Bobby's wanting to testify. <laughs> but uh, there will be no adult choir practice today. But the youth choir is asked, all the youth are asked to stay right after service and meet with Miss Janet because we are having youth night tonight. I love the youth nights that we have, and uh, tonight is that night. So you be sure to come back and support our youth. And then uh, the, the other mistakes in the bulletin are apparent, March 5th, March 12th, that's all messed up. But then you can read the rest of the the rest of uh, the announcements in the bulletin. Brother Warren's going to be taking this over soon, making the announcements for me. And uh, but anyway, you read the bulletin, forget the mistakes that are in there, decipher it, and then you you just pray for what we got going on. Amen.
the sound of a rushing mighty wind and it's closer now than it's ever been I can almost hear the trumpet as Gabriel sounds the call at the midnight cry we'll be going home when Jesus steps out on a cloud to call his children the dead in Christ shall At the midnight cry When Jesus comes again I hear the sound Of a Prophecies fulfilling and signs of the times, they're appearing everywhere. I can almost hear the Father as He says, Son, go get your children. The midnight cry, the bride of Christ will rise when Jesus steps out on a cloud to call his children. The dead in Christ shall rise to meet him in the At the midnight cry, when Jesus comes again, and then those that remain will be quickly changed. At the midnight cry, when Jesus comes again. Midnight cry when Jesus comes again. 
brothers, sister, sisters. Thank our our uh, orchestra. Amen. They do a great job too. Amen. I uh, I'm thrilled to be here today. I'm just I'm a blessed man. Um, this morning I was in the upper room and I was uh, just seeking the Lord, asking Him what He wanted me to do today, what He wanted me to preach and say it. And I kept the thought of my, this is my first study Bible that I ever owned. I was, I'd gotten saved in 1982, November that year. I didn't even own a Bible and I went and bought a Bible. The very first Bible I bought was a little Bible with its own built-in zipper. I thought that was so cool. I'd go to church and make, I, I'd wait till everything was quiet and I'd zip, unzip it, you know, so everybody here. But then I, I, I got so into the Word of God that I went and bought a cover and a Bible. And this is my first, my first study Bible that I ever had. And there's just notes everywhere all through it. And it's tore up and, and what have you. But I was going through it and I found something that was just precious to me. And uh, those of you who have been uh, part of Merville family for quite a while, You'll understand why these were were so special. Just some little notes. It says, "Dear brother John, you're the best preacher." And I'm not reading this because of anything like that. Dear brother John, you're the best preacher in the world. You're the best sheep to Jesus. Jesus is a good shepherd. I love you. This was from little Lily McCarricker. Yeah, y'all may remember the McCarrickers, and she was just a little tot. Well. This one is from her bigger sister. It says, Brother John, you are the best pastor I know. I love you, Brother John, and know that you love God. And this is from Sarah McCarricker. And this is the little note that she put in her, that little card she gave me with all that little change out of her piggyback tape to it. That was the very first offering we got to... Uh, go toward the building of a new building. We went into a building program. Little Sarah brought me a, a little card, and she had all she had broken her piggy bank open, and got all the money out of there and taped it to the inside of that card and put this note in there. And those those kind of things are just precious to me, and, and the memories that God has given me down through the years with God's people are, are just so precious. And I, I just appreciate God letting me be a part of what he's doing in, in life. Uh, take your Bibles and turn to John, the Gospel of John chapter 13 and John chapter 14. And then get the book of Revelation and just, just anywhere in Revelation. And uh, the Lord has uh, settled my heart on doing something this morning. Here are a few I guess it was a few a few weeks ago. Brother Marty, who teaches our adult Sunday school class, woke up saved one day. Oh, woke up saved. I've been praying he'll get saved. Amen. Y'all pray for him. <laughs> he woke up sick, and uh, so Jessica and I began. She was needing someone to fill in for Brother Marty, and of course, I told her if she needed me, I was available. And she she picked on me that morning and. I had the opportunity to teach the adult Sunday school class that morning. 
on just uh, just out of the blue. And I don't normally do any teaching in Sunday school. I let I let God's people tend to that. But uh, I so enjoyed it that morning, and and did something that morning out of the book of Revelation. And I've been told so many times that Brother John, you need to do that again. And Brother John, you need, to, you need to teach that to the entire church. And I've, I've taught some of this to the entire church uh, before out of the book of Revelation. And God's given me liberty to be able to do it again. And uh, look in John chapter 13, just a couple of jumping off verses. And I want to make a, a few comments about that. John chapter number 13 Look what Jesus said in verse number 19 of John 13. He said it like this, Jesus speaking to his disciples. He said, now I tell you before it come, that when it is come to pass, ye may believe that I am he. You think about it. Jesus said before anything, a certain thing happens, I'm going to tell you that it will happen And he can tell it exactly the way it's going to happen. And he said, the reason I'm doing that is so that when it does come to pass, you'll know I'm he. (laughs) Jesus Christ is the only one that can do that. Your psychics can't do it. Your Ouija board can't do it. Uh, None of those things, the 800 uh, call your psychic hotline, they're not going to tell you what your future. Jesus Christ is the only one who can do such a thing. Now look what he said in John chapter 14. He said in verse number 29, he said, And now I have told you before it come to pass that when it is come to pass, you might believe. He's speaking of prophetic things, things dealing with the future in the disciples' lives. You think about it. Before God ever created the heaven and the earth, before Genesis 1-1, God already had it in his mind and in his heart to create the world. But he played that whole scenario from beginning to the end of that creation, ran through the mind of God, and he created it anyway. He knew that Satan was going to rebel. He knew that Adam and Eve were going to fall in the garden. He knew that you were going to sin against him, but he created you anyway and placed you here on earth so you could have the opportunity to be saved by the grace of God. God's an amazing God, and the foreknowledge of God is something that it just astounds me to even consider. I cannot cannot fathom in my heart and my mind of how God knows everything ahead of time He's written a book and told us everything he wants us to know ahead of time. And this book is the only authority in all of the universe. This book is true from the very beginning to the very end. This this book is authority from the very beginning to the very end. This book tells us uh, how it was created. This book is going to tell us how it ends And you can mark it down. It's going to happen just the way this book declares it to be. God is not a liar. Matter of fact, it is impossible for God to lie. 
He is is truth. Jesus Christ said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father, how? But by him. He is the truth, and he can speak no lie. And this book is God's truth from beginning to the very end. I want us to go to the Lord in prayer, and then I want you to look at Revelation chapter number one with us. We'll begin there. And then we'll go through some things, and I'll say some things along the way and see if this helps any of our people in this room this morning. Let's go to prayer. Our Heavenly Father, as we come before you this morning, we love you so much, Lord. But most of all, we thank you for loving us the way you do. Lord, it's a blessing and an honor to be able to call upon the name which is above every name, that wonderful holy name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And Lord, as we do, you know my need this morning. I'm asking God that you please give me the right spirit about me, a clean heart, and grant me the utterance needed to be able to feed your sheep this day. Lord, I want to feed them, and I want to feed them well. So I'm asking your blessings upon this time of the service. For it's in the blessed holy name of Jesus Christ I pray and ask. And all of God's people said, Amen and Amen. Any of y'all got any pollen up your nose yet? I, th- I had three humming, hummingbirds try to get pollen out of my nose the other day. <laughs> Revelation chapter 1. There's, there's, the book of Revelation is one of the most misunderstood books in all of the Bible. And it's misunderstood because it's misrepresented, it's misinterpreted. A lot of people don't even understand what the book of Revelation is all about. I'll never forget, I'd just gotten saved, and, and in, my, in my early uh, childhood as a, as a saint of God, I, just, I was consumed with the Word of God. I just could not get enough of it. I had a job out at the railroad where I was paid eight hours a day, and I had enough seniority that I had one of those pied jobs. We call them the pied jobs. And what that means is they paid me to come out there and sit around. And that's all I did. I didn't really work. I was paid eight hours a day. I had the, that much seniority. And, and they wanted me sitting in a break room. And in that break room, they didn't care what I did as long as I was in that break room so they could get a hold of me if they needed me. I, I, the job that I was doing at that time was what they called a hostler. And a hostler was someone that would hustle the engines around the engine house. And they called it the round house because it used to be round, but ours was square. They called the square uh, repair shop a round house. And uh, anyway, we would spot engines for them to work on, to fuel up, to put sand in, to, to repair any breakdowns on those engines. And so that's what a hostler did. And during those eight hours... I would sit in that that break room and they may call on me one time of an eight-hour shift and I would go move one engine and come back and sit down. Well, during those eight hours, I I took a veil of that and I studied the Word of God. I mean, that's all I I, I wanted to do. I studied and studied and studied and studied. I'd get home, I'd, I'd get a bath, and I'd take my Bible and go lay down in the bed and I'd have my Bible look like this. Just studying the Word of God. I could not get enough of it. That's a good thing. 
We need a revival of that in all of our hearts and lives. Can I get a witness right there? Well, in my studies, I would I would mainly studying prophetic things. And I'll never forget one time I was talking to a friend of mine who was a an engineer out there at the railroad also, and 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 we were very good friends. His name was Mike Street, and Mike and Kathy Street were they lived very close to us. And I was talking to Mike's wife one day. And we got to talking about the book of Revelation and she stopped me in our conversation. She said, whoa, she said, don't talk about the book of Revelation around me. I said, why? She said, because that book scares me. She said, I don't like talking about it. I don't want to even reference it. I don't want to read it. And, And she went on and on about the book of Revelation being a threat to her. And I tried to explain to her. She claimed to be saved. I said, Sister Kathy, there's no reason to to fear the book of Revelation. It tells us how things are going to end. Just as the book of Genesis tells us how it all began, the book of Revelation reveals to us how everything is going to wind up. I've read the back of the book, and guess what? God wins. Jesus Christ is triumphant in everything. Well, the book of Revelation, look in Revelation chapter number 1. And I want to say this, a lot of people don't understand the book of Revelation. I love the book of Revelation. Out of all the the books of the Bible, the book of Revelation is probably one that I study more than any book of the Bible. I've studied them all, I've spent time in them all, but the book of Revelation just captures my heart because of the theme of the book of Revelation. It is the revelation or the revealing of Jesus Christ. It tells us how Jesus Christ is going to come back one day. And I'm glad to know that. That is what what the brothers sang about, about Jesus coming back. Yes, he is coming back. You say, well, that's just hard for me to believe. Well, then it's hard for you to believe that he came the first time. If you don't believe he's coming the second time, you're you're going to stumble with that first time. He did come the first time and he died on an old rugged cross for all of our sins. But the second time that he comes, he's not coming to die on a cross. He's coming back as King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And he's going to set up a kingdom on this earth for 1,000 years. I'm glad I know that. I'm glad I'm resting assured in what Jesus Christ is going to do in the future. I'm thankful that I know the revealing of Jesus Christ. Look in Revelation chapter number one, and I want to try to help you this morning with the book of Revelation and just show you a general layout of the book of Revelation and how this book is going to play out in our future. Matter of fact, you better get to, you better get to know the book of Revelation because this book is talking about your future. Look in Revelation chapter number one, verse number one. It says the revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave unto him to show unto his servants things which must shortly come to pass. And he sent and signified it by his angel unto his servant, John. Look in verse number three. Blessed is he that readeth and they that hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written therein for the time is at hand. So this book of the Bible promises every one of us who reads it, who hears it, who keeps the prophecies written in there, 
He promises every one of us, you're getting a blessing this morning, whether you realize it or not, by just hearing about the book of Revelation. The book of Revelation contains a blessing, especially for the saved. The book of Revelation is a a blessing to those of us who know Jesus Christ. And there's nothing to be scared about when we consider the book of Revelation. The book of Revelation chapter number one is just... It's just an introduction into the book of Revelation. Look at Revelation 1. Look in verse number 18. Jesus Christ said this. He said, I am he that liveth and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. Now look what he includes in that. And have the keys of death and of hell, of hell and of death. Notice that he's the one that holds the keys to death and hell. I know who is the keeper of the keys. I know who can unlock the gates. I know who can open the doors. And his name is Jesus Christ. Can I get a witness right there? Well, Revelation chapter 1 is just an introduction into the book of Revelation. Chapter 2, chapter 3, Jesus Christ begins dictating to John seven letters that is written to seven churches, which were literal churches in Asia Minor. If you've got a red letter edition Bible, I want you to look at chapter 2. Let your eyes just scan through all of chapter 2. Look at chapter 3, all of chapter 3. Notice there the entire two chapters are all red letters, which mean these are actual words of Jesus Christ. They don't make them any more significant than any other words of the Bible, but they just denote the fact that Jesus Christ spoke these words. And in those in those uh, verses, you read, he mentions the churches, seven churches, and he mentions the word church over and over and over again. Look in chapter 2, verse 1, unto the angel of the church of Ephesus. Look in verse number 8, unto the angel of the church in Smyrna. And you read church, 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 all through chapter 2 and chapter 3. Here's an amazing thing that happened. You get to the end of chapter 3, you don't, re- you don't read about the church anymore in the book of Revelation until the very last chapter. Something happens to the church after chapter 3 ends. How does chapter 3 end? He writes a, he writes a letter to one church by the name of Laodicea. In that, in that writing, look, look with me in chapter 3 of Revelation. In there, he talks about uh, knowing, verse number 15, knowing their works, and that they were neither cold nor hot. You know what that's a picture of? It's a picture of the condition of the latter-day church. Would you agree with me that the church needs reviving? Our church needs reviving. The entire body of Christ needs reviving. We got too many lukewarm Christians. They're not in. They're not out. They're neither hot. They're neither cold. They're just kind of there. They do it because it's the right thing to do. They're, They're not doing it because Jesus loves them or they love Jesus. They're just there because they want people to know that they go to church. That's the condition of the church in the last days. Notice in chapter 3, this is what they say. In verse number 16, Because thou 
because thou art lukewarm and neither cold nor hot. He said, you make me sick. I'm going to spew you out of my mouth. He said, you make me sick with your attitude. Attitude about Jesus is everything. If you're not in love with Jesus, there's something wrong with your heart. If you're not in love with Him, you need reviving. Can I get a witness right there? Then he goes on to say, look what they said in verse number 17. Because thou sayest, I'm rich, I'm increased with goods, I have need of nothing, and knowest not that thou art wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. He said, this is your attitude. This is what you're thinking in your heart. You don't need me to do anything for you. You don't need anything for me. But I want to tell you something Jesus said. You're wretched, you're miserable, you're poor, you're blind, and you're naked. They had all the material wealth. They had all the material goods, but they saw themselves as needing nothing from God. I'm glad to be in a church that don't say that. This church believes that we need Jesus Christ. We need Him to do something for us. If you're sitting here this morning and you you don't believe that you need Jesus to do anything for you, you need to run on down to the altar right now. You need to come on and just get things right between you and Jesus right now. We all need Him. We need Him. We need Him every moment of our our days. We need Him to touch us every day of our lives. Then chapter 4 opens up. An amazing thing happens in chapter 4. Verse number 1. Matter of fact, I'm going to show you something amazing about the book of Revelation. And if you'll get this down, you'll never have any trouble with the book of Revelation and understanding it anymore. Look in chapter chapter 4, verse number 1. The church age is now closed out in Revelation chapter 3. And John says this, he said, After this I looked, and behold, look at this, a door was opened in heaven. And the first voice which I heard was, as it were, a trumpet talking with me, which said, Come up hither, and I will show thee the things which must be hereafter. And immediately I was in the Spirit, John says. Listen, in chapter 4, verse number 1, The very first time of the book of Revelation, it says that heaven opens. And what happens when it opens? He hears a trumpet. The trumpet is as a voice speaking to him. That voice says, John, come up hither. And John is immediately transferred from the Isle of Patmos up into heaven just like that. Does that remind you of anything that you've ever read in the Word of God? Will it remind you of 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 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse number 18? He says, For the dead in Christ shall rise first, and then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them to meet the Lord in there, and so shall we ever be. Why? Because Jesus came and and called them up into heaven. This is a picture in Revelation 4.1 of the rapture of the church. I'm glad to be a part of God's people. I'm glad to be a, a part of the church. I'm thankful to know that the church is one day going to leave this cruel, wicked, sin-sick world and we are going to be caught up into a world where there's no more pain or sorrow or crying or tears or death. Nothing bad will happen up in heaven. 
That ought to excite those who are saved. In Revelation chapter 4 verse 1, for the first time in the book of Revelation, heaven opens. But I want you to just hold Revelation 4, 1, come to Revelation chapter 19, and I want you to look at something else that happens. In Revelation chapter 19, in verse number 11, I want you to notice something amazing about the book of Revelation. In Revelation chapter 4, verse 1, heaven opens. But look in Revelation chapter 19, verse number 11. For the second time in the book of Revelation, heaven opens again. Revelation 19, verse 1, and I saw heaven open. Behold a white horse, and he that sat upon him was called faithful and true. And in righteousness he did judge and make war. His eyes were as a flame of fire, his head were many crowns. And he had a name written that no man knew but he himself. And he was clothed in the vesture dipped in blood. And his name is called the Word of God. Does anybody know who this is? Don't be, don't be bashful. Who is this? This is Jesus Christ. And this is a picture of him coming back to this earth. When Jesus Christ comes back, he comes back in majesty and might. He comes back with flaming eyes. He comes back as the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He comes back making war with his enemies. He comes back to finish what he started at Calvary. In Revelation chapter 4 verse 1, heaven opens. In Revelation chapter 19 verse 11, Heaven opens. Now look at me. Look up here just a minute. See my Bible? Revelation 4, 1 right there. Revelation 19, 11 right there. See all of that in between all those two openings? Everything right there describes the great tribulation that Jesus talked about in Matthew 24, verse number 21. The disciples came to Jesus one day and they said, Lord, would you tell us what's going to be the sign of thy coming and of the end of the earth? Which is an amazing thing to consider because Jesus was standing right there in front of them. They said, Jesus, would you tell us when you're coming back? What they wanted to know was when Jesus was going to return to the earth. And Jesus began telling them about a time he called the beginning of sorrows. He said, you're going to hear wars and rumors of wars. He said, you're going to hear of, of pestilences and earthquakes happening in diverse places. And he went on to tell him, he said, men are going to hate you. They're going to deliver you up. They're going to even kill you. All around this earth right now, the church is facing persecution. We don't see a lot of it in America yet. I believe we're going to see it. But around the world, there's Christians that are having to, if they have any church whatsoever, they have to hide to have churches. They're not privileged like you and I to be able to have open meetings like this where we take the word. I mean, we are blessed in America. Don't go lukewarm on me yet. Don't get lukewarm on me yet. I mean, Jesus is blessing the church in America. We're blessed people. We all got clothes to wear, nice clothes. We got food in our belly. Some of y'all already talked about where you're going to go eat once this loudmouth preacher quits preaching. <laughs> and we're blessed in America, but around this, around this world, the church is suffering persecution. They're killing Christians, killing preachers. They're burning down churches 
all around this world. And Jesus told them these things before ever came to pass. Why? So that when it did become apparent that we might believe. You know what the, the thrust, the reason for prophecy? So you'll believe. The reason he tells us these things before they ever come to pass is so you'll believe in Jesus Christ and be saved by the grace of God. If you're here this morning and you don't believe, you're, you're not a believer yet, I pray that by the end of this service that you'll believe in Jesus Christ. He's the only one who can tell you the future of your life. Revelation chapter 4 verse 1, heaven opens. Revelation chapter 19 verse number 11, look at this. Everything that is described within those two openings describes a time that's coming to this earth called the Great Tribulation Period. In those pages, in, these, in this section of the book of Revelation, there's seven seals that are opened. When those seven seals are opened, the Antichrist comes to power. He comes out as a white horse rider imitating Jesus Christ. He comes back with one crown. He comes back to conquering and to conquer. He comes back and he, he sets up a kingdom and it's a false kingdom. People are going to believe that he is Jesus Christ, but he'll be the Antichrist. And people will bow down and worship him. And the, and the book says... All that are on the earth whose names are not written in the Lamb's book of life shall, shall, shall worship Him. The Antichrist is going to get worship. They're going to bow down before this false Christ. They're going to bow down and worship Him and call Him Lord and Savior. But it'll be a false Christ. There'll be deception beyond belief during the Great Tribulation period. In those pages... Not only are the seven seals open, but then seven trumpets are blown. And when those seven trumpets are blown, it says that there'll be, there'll be pestilences that come out of the earth, out of the bottomless pit. And they'll begin tormenting men for, for several months. And they'll, they'll sting them with the stings in their tails. And people say, well, I, that's hard for me to believe. It's going to happen just like the book of Revelation said it's going to happen. This going to come to pass during the tribulation. They... Prophecy is nothing to play with. You're sitting here this morning and you've never believed, you've never received Jesus Christ in your heart. You better start trusting him. You better bow your knees and ask him to save you before you find out that the book of, the book of Revelation is true. Amen. Amen. Revelation chapter 4 verse 1. Heaven opens. Revelation chapter 19 verse 11. Heaven opens. And in between all of that is describing the time that Jesus Christ said there's going to be a time on this earth like this world has never seen before. In Revelation chapter 16, verse number 1, another description of the tribulation period begins with the pouring out of vials upon, upon the earth. Look in Revelation 16. Look how it describes it. Revelation chapter 16, verse number 1 he says, and I heard a great voice out of the temple saying to the seven angels, go your ways and pull out the vials of the, look at this, the wrath of God upon the earth. The first went, 
poured out his vial upon the earth, and there fell a noisome and grievous sore upon the men which had the mark of the beast and upon them which worshipped his image. Verse number three, the second angel poured out his vial upon the sea, and it became the blood of a dead man. Verse number four, the third angel poured out his vial upon the rivers and fountains of waters, and they became blood. And, the, and all the waters during the tribulation period are turned into blood. There'll be no water to drink during the tribulation period. There'll be a type of hell on earth where there is no water. And, and that's going to happen during the tribulation period. Look in verse number 8. The fourth angel poured out his vial upon the sun and power was given unto him to scorch men with fire and men were scorched with great heat and blasphemed the name of God which had power over the plagues and they repented not to give him the glory. Verse number 10, the fifth angel poured out his vial upon the seed of the beast and his kingdom was full of darkness and they gnawed their tongues with pain and they blasphemed the God of heaven because of their pains and their sores and repented not of their deeds. Notice verse number 12. And the sixth angel poured out his vial upon the great river Euphrates and the water thereof was dried up that the way of the kings of the earth might be prepared. And I saw three unclean spirits like frogs come out of the mouth of the dragon out of the mouth of the beast and out of the mouth of the false prophet. They are spirits of devils working miracles which go forth into the kings of the earth and the whole world are gathered together to battle of that great day of God Almighty. Six vials full of the wrath of God poured out on this earth. You know what Jesus Christ said about that time called the great tribulation? He said, if it was not shortened in those days, there would be no flesh saved during the tribulation. In other words, if he didn't cut the time short, then it would destroy every person, every human being, every living thing. It would be worse than the days of Noah's flood. There were only eight people saved in the days of Noah's flood. But this time called the Great Tribulation would be even worse than that if Jesus didn't cut those days short. Revelation chapter 4 verse 1. Heaven opens. Revelation 19 verse 11. Heaven opens. And everything described within those two openings. Are called the great tribulation period. Sometimes the book of Revelation in those pages. That carry you up into heaven. Show you things that's going on in heaven. Sometimes it will come back down to earth. And show you things that's going to be happening on earth. But I want you to notice something. In Revelation 19. In verse number 11. When Jesus Christ comes back, in verse number 15, out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword, that with it he should smite the nations. He shall rule them with a rod of iron, and he treadeth the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. And he hath on his vesture and on his thigh a name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. And I saw an angel standing in the sun, he cried with a loud voice saying to all the fowls that fly in the midst of heaven, Come and gather yourselves together unto the supper of the great God. 
that ye may eat the flesh of kings and flesh of captains, flesh of mighty men, flesh of horses and of them that sit on them, the flesh of all men, both free and bond, both small and great. And I saw the beast and the kings of earth and their armies gathered together to make war against him that sat on the horse and against his army. And the beast was taken. This is the final end. This is the final end of the Antichrist and his rule and reign. And Jesus Christ destroys the Antichrist at the end of the tribulation period. But that's not the end yet. In Revelation chapter 20, Jesus Christ sets up his kingdom and he reigns for 1,000 years on this earth. And the Bible declares that all of those who are saved shall rule and reign with him. If you're here this morning and you're saved, you're, when you go up in the rapture, seven years later, you're coming back. And you're going to rule and reign with Jesus Christ for 1,000 years upon earth. I'll probably be the one with running the, the dump truck to pick up trash in the neighborhood. That'll probably be my job during the, the millennium. But listen, all of us who are, who are saved are coming back with Jesus Christ. And we're going to rule and reign with him on this earth for 1,000 glorious years. It's been called by some commentators, some scholars, it's been called the honeymoon between Jesus Christ and the church because the church is married to Jesus Christ at that time. In Revelation chapter 20, Jesus Christ, you read, you read this phrase over and over and over again. Look in verse number in verse number, at the end of verse number two, uh, four, or look at the end of verse number two of chapter 20, a thousand years. The end, toward the end of verse number three, a thousand years. The end of verse number four, a thousand years. The middle of verse five, a thousand years. The end of verse number six, a thousand years. The beginning of verse number seven, and when the thousand years were expired, Satan shall be loosed out of his prison. During this thousand year millennial reign, Satan will be bound for those thousand years. And with no influence, with no influence from Satan whatsoever, Satan is bound. And Jesus Christ rules and reigns on this earth for 1,000 years. Here's an amazing thing that happens at the end of that thousand years. And when the thousand years are expired, Satan shall be loosed out of his prison. Now watch this. And shall go out to deceive the nations which are in the four quarters of the earth, Gog and Magog. You ever heard of the battle of Armageddon? You ever heard of the battle between Gog and Magog? This is what's going to go on. And he goes out to gather them together to battle, the number of whom is as the sand of the sea. That's a big army. That's a big, that's a multitude of people. And for 1,000 years, there's been no influence of Satan whatsoever during that millennial reign. But at the end, Satan is loosed. And just like that, he gets him an army together. And they went up on verse number 9 on the breadth of the earth. And compassed the camp of the saints about. And the beloved city. And fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them. 
And the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and false prophet are and shall be tormented day and night forever. <laughs> That's the end of Satan. Did you know in the book of Revelation, Jesus Christ is known by many titles. He's known as the Alpha and Omega. He's known as the bright morning star. He's known as the keeper of the keys. He's known as the one who can open doors and shut doors. He's known as the faithful witness. He's called by many names. But in the book of Revelation, there's one name that stands out above all other titles for Jesus Christ. And you know what it is? You're going to be shocked. He's called 28 times in the book of Revelation. He's called the Lamb of God. Only twice in the Old Testament, he's called the Lamb of God. Only twice in the Gospels, he's called the Lamb of God. Only once in the book of Acts, he's called the Lamb of God. Only once in the epistles, he's called the Lamb of God. But you get to the book of Revelation, he's called the Lamb of God 28 times. That's his apocalyptic title. That's him coming back as the Lamb that takes away the sin of the world. That's him coming back to rule and reign for 1,000 years. And you know what the amazing thing is about all that? You read the book of Revelation and, the, and Satan and all of his cohorts. He's, Satan's got the great red dragon. He's got the beast that comes out of the sea. He's got the beast that comes out of the earth. He's got all these uh, spirits that's going out on, to deceive many. And a little lamb comes back and defeats them all. Bam. I said all that to say this. If you're not on the side of Jesus Christ, you're on the wrong side. If you're not, if you're not a believer in Jesus Christ, you better get on His side because He's coming back and when He comes back, He's going to put an end to sin. He's going to put an end to Satan and He's going to put an end to everything evil and the righteous shall be with him forever and ever and ever. Since you come to the piano, here's the sad thing about it all. These are some of the, some of the saddest verses in all the Word of God to me. It's found in Revelation chapter 20. And it begins in verse number 11. If you still got your Bible open, I want you to look at these words with me. Revelation chapter 20, verse number 11. I want you to look at what the Word of God says. This is after the doing away of, of Satan. This is after Satan is thrown into the lake of fire that burns with fire and brimstone forever and ever. Look what the Word of God says. And I saw a great white throne and him that sat on it from whose face the heaven, the earth and the heaven fled away and there was found no place for them. Can you, did you, what we just read it's at the end of the millennium. And at that end, the Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 3, he says that the heavens and the earth which are now shall pass away with a fervent heat and a great noise. And all of a sudden there's this great noise out in the universe. And it sounds like a humongous explosion like we've never heard before. And when that happens, the heavens and the earth which we know now are going to be totally annihilated 
They're going to be totally done away with. And then it says that they have no place for them. There's found no place for them. Now watch this. Verse number 12. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. Now verse 1 said the heaven and earth are gone. Can I ask you something? What are they standing on? What are they standing on? There's nothing there. They're standing out in eternity. Standing out, if you will, in space. Held there only by the power of God. And watch what happens. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. And the books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it. And death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. And they were judged every man according to their works. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever, the saddest verses in all of the word of God, you know what John 3.16 says. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. Listen to it. That whosoever, whosoever believeth in Him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. But look at verse 15 of, of Revelation 20. And whosoever sounds just like John 3.16. But this is the other flip side of John 3.16. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. That little word cast, it means this literally. It means to be thrown away as dumb. Thrown away thrown away a life lived with the blessings of God but they never would trust Jesus thrown away thrown away separated eternally from God Almighty their creator separated from the one who loved them so much he was willing to send his son to die that they might be saved. Listen, the things written in this book are no game. It's not something to be played with. This book tells us the beginning and the ending of all things. This book says in the beginning God created and it ends with whosoever was not found cast away, thrown, gone, forever if you're here this morning you've never trusted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior if you're here this morning and maybe maybe there's been some things stirring inside of you lately and you've wondered I wouldn't I wouldn't play games with any of that I would come to this altar this morning and I'd settle it because one day you are going to fulfill prophecy 
one day you're going to stand right where we just read. And if your name's not found written in the Lamb's book of life, gone forever. Gone. Never to be remembered again. I'll never forget a young preacher came and preached a men's brotherhood breakfast for us one time. And he said he got to thinking about that. He was lost at the time. He said he loved his grandpa. He said his grandpa was one of his heroes in life. And just absolutely adored his grandpa. His grandpa was a preacher. His grandpa was a, a Christian and bold in his faith. He said he got to thinking about it. He said, you know, when grandpa dies, he's going to heaven. He said, but when I die, I'm going to hell. And then he got to thinking this. My grandpa, who I love and adore, will never remember me anymore. I'll be out of his mind for eternity. See, it wouldn't be heaven if we kept thinking about all those lost loved ones. We'd weep and cry while we were enjoying heaven if we got to thinking about all those lost loved ones who weren't there. But we'll never remember them anymore. Why? Because they were cast away forever. If you're here this morning, you're not saved. We've gone through all of this. And I've shown you things before they ever come to pass that are definitely going to come to pass. And we've gone through them. Why? So you'll believe. So you'll trust Jesus Christ before they ever come to pass and be saved by the grace of God as we stand this morning all across all the auditorium. We're standing on our feet this morning. If you're here and you're not saved, I'm begging you in Jesus' name to come and trust Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Don't play, don't play with it. Don't think, don't let Satan tell you, wait till another time. Come trust him today.